Here's the thing. I know that many of you listeners are single, but I also know that I have many subscribers that are also married. And let me just say, I am so grateful for the diversity of all of you. Yes, this podcast was created with the intent to give singles a voice, but married people, y'all are not exempt from connecting, okay? So this is not a us and them episode, the singles against the marrieds, we all we got into the world blow up episode. No. Dr. Bella DePaula, a project scientist, a social psychologist who she's written over 100 academic publications, including many on the topic of single life. And she's even written books um, titled ones called Singled Out. And it's how singles are stereotyped, stigmatized and ignored and still live happily ever after. She stated in a 2017 article with the American Psychological Association that she looked at Psych Info, which is a database of articles and books and dissertations that have been published relevant to psychology. And she found that since the year 2000, there have been 19,000 articles about marriage and married people and 501 on single people. And most of them were a comparison study between married and singleness. My goodness, that is that is less than 3% in comparison to married articles. I'm I'm trying to figure out like are are we boring or something? Because I my married people, they are so interested in my life, but I mean, dang, 501 like y'all just really don't think about us, huh? <laughs> So I don't want anyone that is not single to like zone out and think that this is an us and them conversation to bash all things singles get thrown at us by married people. But for every resource for singles, there's just a much higher volume of marriage resources. So this conversation is so important and it is needed. So yes, this is why we have things like the Awkward Single Life podcast, creating a space that may not be as conventional, but it's relaxed, it's honest, and we get to hear just from day-to-day life experience and get to learn from each other, as well as what research is saying um, to really help us to live out this single life. You're listening to the Awkward Single Life podcast. My name is Tiffany Hines. I am a singer, songwriter, a creative who also is a single woman who finally put language to mine and others' dating experiences. Dating culture is awkward. I've heard so many untold stories from men and women, and the time has come to share them. And as your homegirl, I got you. We'll talk sexuality, dating, breakups, singleness, marriage, and all the craziness in between and how to give God glory in it, no matter what age you are, it's going to be a wild ride. So let's get to it. Now we know a lot of married people, family members, and loved ones, they're not being malicious. But I think sometimes when people ask us certain questions, they think they are an anomaly. Nah, buddy, you're not. 
we're getting asked by multiple people these questions. They are not unique. And I just wanted to bring light that there are different ways to get to know your single friends. You know what I'm saying? And also they don't have to be about relationships. Um, But we're going to get into it. And so below, I said below, like we're reading. We're not reading, we're talking. <laughs> so what we're going to get into, um, I am going to talk about 10 things that singles are tired of. There are definitely more than that, <laughs> but let's just keep this nice and light and not too long. And so here we go. These are the 10 that I've decided. Number one, the most famous, most asked. <laughs> and honestly, at this point, at this time of year, at this stage of life, after X amount of breakups, at preparing and praying and believing she or he was the one and it didn't end well. It is very emotionally draining, that question. I'm going to go on a limb and say, it's starting to feel like it can trigger this downward spiral that can be as bad as asking a married couple, when are they having children? Like, we don't know. We shouldn't ask that question. And I know I feel like more people are, starting to not ask that question to married people because we don't know what things they may have going on with their bodies or things that, you know, fertility is just not as easy. And it's the same. We just don't know all the things. And we're not always like ready when we ask that question for the weight that someone may be carrying um, with that. So friends, sometimes we also, we don't know. And so that's why it also can become like draining and emotional. We are in different stages of life, all of us. And people have experienced an immeasurable amount of pain that it could have come from a nasty divorce or losing a spouse or the love of their life. So when you're asked this question so much, it can make you start to wonder, is something wrong with me? You know, because... You've been praying for that wife and the women you've met, they just have not been the one yet. Like they just want to have fun and you are ready to settle down. And when we think of singleness, our minds also tend to heavily think on the female side. But men are asked this question as well. And they're also um, stigma of being selfish and perverts or that they just want to play the field forever And it's not always the case. Seeing ambitious single women somehow gives off a vibe of independence and her not desiring a future with someone. And that is very assumptuous. I am going to say it here again. Singles, they are learning where and when to share those vulnerable parts about themselves in an effort to not always have to explain their dating lives, or their lack of dating in someone because it can become a very emotional thing, whether they're showing it or not to to you. Men, they do get emotional about this as well if they desire to be in a committed relationship. But also, there are many content, satisfied, living their best single life Christians that have no desire to be married. They don't want a companion and they don't care about sex. 
Sometimes the answer is because I don't want one. (laughs) And that's it. Like, it's not because they've got some, you know, maybe pain or something from their past. Is that the case for some people? Yes. But there are some people, that's it. You don't have to try and dig. That's it. And they get looked at very strange about this from married and from singles, because let's not act like us singles aren't trying to figure out and dissect why others haven't crossed over into the marriage club yet. Also, like this is some pressure that we both of us are putting on each other. And some people don't want to be married. Number two, this is your waiting season. Mm. To all my Christian singles that have been told to approach their single lives as waiting, quote, waiting seasons, I want you to take a deep breath right now. Take a deep breath. And I want you to release yourself from that deadline of waiting. Our waiting season terminology can make us miss out on, I mean, the most personal growth, setting goals, and making decisions that will benefit our lives for the better in this waiting quote on our Boaz or waiting on our Christian Beyonce to come along for any single listening right now. This, I just want to ask you, how is that waiting going for you? And what do we do when our waiting season has been 10 years, 15 years, 25 years, 30 years? Is it time to give up hope if you desire to be married? No, I would say no. But it may be time to consider a different choice of words and posture for your own well-being. Number three, when you're focusing on you, that's when it will happen. It's the all of a sudden formula. And I know that this may be said by your your favorite influencers, but guess what? It's not everyone's story. And because it's not a biblical order, you can rest in the fact that it doesn't have to be yours. This number right here, this number three, it had me in denial about my humanity. So in my younger 20s, I really believed that number three, it was very, very true. This is what I've been told and hurt so much. And since I elevated relationships and marriage up so high, I knew that I had some work to do on making it, you know, not an idol. So it made sense like, yes, I make it an idol. I need to focus on Christ and, and, you know, then he will come. I figured if I stopped worrying about who was and wasn't interest, interested in me, and really focused on God, I would be okay. And that would make him come sooner. But here's the thing. I put my whole heart into pursuing God, traveling, going on missional trips overseas, being very active in my church's ministry, going on vacations with my friends and just living life to the fullest that I could afford. And I had such this high disappointment in in my desire to be married because it wouldn't go away. And I was wholeheartedly focused on Jesus. Like I wasn't doing all those things because yes, I do this and then he's going to come. But I said, okay, let me just enjoy my life. 
but I was exhausted and ashamed. I felt like when I am, when am I ever going to stop desiring this? I'm tired of feeling like no matter what, I am back to square one, hoping that I'll meet someone great. I remember finally breaking down to one of my best friends. I felt so icky and dirty for just feeling this way after all of God's faithfulness and goodness to me. I felt like my desire to be married was a tell sign that God was not enough and it made me sad. She finally told me, Tiffany, the reason it hasn't gone away is because it is a God thing. And that's why it's not going to go away. That finally gave me relief and a burden was lifted. I stopped being ashamed to say, yes, I wanted to be married because it didn't take the place of Christ in my life. And just thinking about it, it kind of makes me kind of choked up and teary eyed because that journey is not always easy in this straight line. And yes, am I human? And I have to get back on track. That's with everything. God, I am putting this and I am elevating it above you. I have to focus on you. But we have to stop saying this to people. It may be our stories and it may be our friends' stories, but there are just too many freaking people on the earth. God is too creative for this, guys. There are people that don't seem ready. And the timing comes and they meet someone. There are people, you know, I wasn't thinking about a relationship. In fact, I didn't want one anymore and it happens. And then there are people that have been praying and desiring and it happens. We don't know. Let's just stop trying to play God and figure it out. We can give our stories and we can give encouragement and hope, but I just think it's important that we give people disclaimers, that we give men and women disclaimers that you need to pray and ask God to give you your own story. I think that those stories need to be elevated more. Number four, do you even want a family? Let's talk about the ticking clock, (laughs) y'all. As a Christian woman, if my job is to make Christ the Lord over my life and I don't have magical powers, gosh darn it, to make myself pregnant, then what is the point of asking singles this question? We cannot make babies on our own. We in in a wanting to follow Christ as being married, like that has to happen. And so we can't make babies on our own. Well, technically with sperm banks, we can. So if you're single and it hasn't happened and you desire a child, pray to the Lord and go ahead and see about what that goes and looks like for you so you can have a family. But what I'm saying is our culture is obsessed with marriage and is obsessed with the next steps. We put this pressure on not just people with marriage, but um, once they get married, when are you going to have kids? And once you have a kid, are you going to have any more kids? You know, when when a kid like graduates from high school, so what you going to do with your life? What you going to do with your life? What you going to do with your life? All these things. And like, it's not fair. We do not understand and we do not have contentment. And we take that feeling and we push that on each other. And it's just not godly. Now, marriage is a beautiful thing that God says is holy. But we cannot force God's hand. Now, I I personally do not think 
Some of the stress we put on singles becoming married is as deep as we've made it or as complex as people. Like, I just feel like back then in the Bible, it was like real simple (laughs) of how they like wanted to be with somebody. She followed God. She's fine. Okay. You know, let me do what I need to do, you know, in order to marry her. And I know that that's culture and, and culture changes, but all these steps that we have made it to be, it's it's become a lot. And um, yeah, but there is a process. And I know friends and families mean well, but y'all, it can be a lot when asking someone this. Okay, so last year, a sweet friend from church and I were running some errands. This was our first hangout. We had a great time. And of course, when women get together, They want to talk about each other's lives. So she asked me, did I want to be married and when? I told her I did and that we shall see when. Honestly, I was feeling a little emotionally disconnected and just answering that question. You know, it's just one of those popular questions um, at the time. So I gave kind of like a generic answer that was kind of self-preserving. Yeah, one day, you know, I'll be married. We'll, We'll see, you know. But I just don't know when it will happen. So then she proceeded to ask me if I wanted to have kids. And I told her I do. So she asked me, well, have you thought about freezing your eggs? And I realized a paradigm shift was taking place in my brain. Who would have ever thought, I would have never thought, that I would have arrived to a point that this was something I needed to start thinking about. I'm 33 years old right now. And at the time I was 32. So I am aware that I have more time, but my brain had not caught up with my reality that this is a real thing. Clearly I'm getting older and people see it and people are really out here wondering about my future. As women, as we get older, and if we are single and want families, there is a lot of things. There are a lot of things we're thinking about. We know the age bracket that we've been told is best to have the best chances at having children. And we are prayerful that our biological time, it won't pass us. There are a lot of things to think about here, guys, (laughs) that we do have to process and we just may not be ready to process them on the fly. Like that question has forever changed me. Um, I just never thought about that. And wow, I'm at the place where people are asking me, <laughs> have you thought about freezing your eggs? Um, I mean, it makes you think more, you know, of it's this thing of like, well, have you thought about a will? You know, have you those things that we tend to not think about? Um, but I I just was thrown off. Like, whoa. <laughs> Anywho, number five, feeling washed up if you're 40 and older. What about singles that are 40 and up? As as we heard earlier from Dr. Paula DePaula, only 500 articles in the psych database on singleness. And I can guarantee you that a lot of those articles are targeted in the age of 20s and 30s. Women, we are not washed up at 40. Depending on health factors, 
women in their 40s, they can be having the most liberating sex experiences of their lives. They have more freedom to live a full life because if they had children, typically younger, um, their kids are now a little older. You know, unless you'll be like many of us who potentially will be having children in our 30s. But, and, and not all 40-year-old men want a 25-year-old bunny. But they value the experience, the confidence, the strength women in their 40s have attained. So I just really want us to normalize talking about single life and dating for those in their 40s and up. Let's not look at them and feel sad for them and, you know, all those poor 40s and 50s and in the if you're if you're look if you're in your 40s and 50s and 60s and if you're 70 and if you're listening (laughs) if you're listening to this do not allow anyone to wash you up refuel the fun on the inside of you and let that shine brightly us women that are younger we become terrified because of culture telling us that after 40 you can just forget it like but the problem is We don't have a lot of examples and resources that share into the life of 40s and 50s and up. Us 30s and us younger in 20s have a lot to learn about freedom and confidence. And we need to see more of you out here living your fantastic single life. And I know like you may want and desire to be married and I'm not taking that at all away. Um, We're going to have more conversations about that so that we can have more perspectives of what life really is been out here for men and women in their 40s. But we do need you to also be confident in that and show us and create your own spaces that, hey, 40s is not washed up. 50s is not washed up. And if you desire and you want love, you deserve that. You deserve that. And you are a, a capable candidate just like everyone else to have that. Number six, being married, it is a good look for ministry. Whew. Okay, so because we treat singlehood as a waiting period, we put all of our energy and stake in marriage and families. Single Singlehood has to stop being viewed as the waiting period so that it does not devalue the very present biblical order of ministry in doing God's work. Singles are the ones that should be running things in the church because their attention is not divided. First Corinthians 732, excuse me, chapter seven, verse 32, through I think 35 says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man or woman can spend time, spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man or woman has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit and not to place restrictions on you. This is Apostle Paul's talking. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. So having a single leader, it does not equal or equate to immaturity, just as Marriage does not equal maturity. 
Okay, I want you to think about some of your single friends and how immature they are. (laughs) And I want you to think about some of your, did I say single? I want you to, what I'm trying to say is, because I'm not going to edit, go back and edit what I said. Um, it's, It's an assumption. Marriage, like it is a great step and it is a godly step. I know that the Lord enjoys marriage. It is a beautiful mirror of Christ in Christ in the church. But it is not safe and it's not a good look or you know when you're trying to hire someone and because they're married like that's what we're basing it on because they look like a hashtag #power couple. No. We have to change like our 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 value what we're saying to a lot of singles is that they just don't matter enough until they get married. And I don't care how many sermons that we try and say that if if everything else we do points to people um, that are not married and that don't have families, then we are just treating it like, well, up until. And there are a lot of people that that up until is not going to happen and they are not being reached out to. They're not serving. And let me tell you something about singles because there's a lot to do out here. So if you want your ministry to be, you know, pastor he and she for everything um, because it looks great and, you know, you get both, of, you know, both of both worlds, we're not going to press you. We're going to go to brunch after church <laughs> and we're going to go have fun and we're going to go do trips and we're going to go and minister and we're going to still live holy power filled lives full of the Holy Spirit, but we're not going to press you. We're going to do God's work outside of the church and not be bothered. So you have a choice to make. Either you can look and value singlehood. This I think this pandemic, look, parents are at home. They don't have a choice. They want to leave, but they're stuck at home. And your same value, you have to look and see who's available. Who is more willing to serve? And if that has not been cultivated, then they probably are at the crib watching church online. Anyway, (laughs) number seven, do you even plan to remarry? Okay, divorce is hard and it is said to feel like grieving a death. Every process is different and some individuals have decided to never remarry and will live a happy life. And we have to be okay with that. Some are hurt from their past experiences And they need a process of healing to take place. But it goes the same way for those who are widows. We have to think about how would we feel if after someone lost a baby to a miscarriage in asking that couple, do you ever plan to try again? (laughs) Come on, guys. Like we don't know what they've been through. And let's just leave those questions to people that are near and dear to them. A lot of things to process in losing a loved one and taking a risk to remarry after experiencing so much uncertainty. Number eight. Have you tried online online dating? Okay, so no knock against online dating. I even mentioned before in episode 10 how my online dating experience has been. 
Um, I have personally been on a few dating apps and y'all online dating apps, they are something else. You can certainly find your love online. People have done it, but it is a culture of its own that it can be a challenge to like get over. So older singles, they have a lot to consider and think about as they have gone from a traditional way of being directly approached or sent letters to walking into a world that feels really unknown unknown and online is many dating apps and as many people are on them, there is still a lot of taboo and there's a lot of still weird things that people feel about them um, because there are still weird things that happen. Um, but it happens every day as people are walking, but it, it's just a lot of things that we just don't know. And so Yes, online dating is a great tool and has given many people beautiful love stories. But once you weed out the DM print pictures that someone sent you randomly, (laughs) there could be a Prince Charming somewhere in there. (laughs) I'm joking and I'm not joking because people do that stuff. I don't want to deter you, though. Everybody's not sending print pictures. Every guy is not sending penis print pictures to you. But some of these mugs are. But I just want to encourage you, friends, in a way that it doesn't make you feel like you're desperate. Like, I mean, try online dating. I mean, like we're just going down the list and sometimes it's just not someone's way that they want to meet someone. Does it make a smaller pool? Yes. And they got to live with that. But some people don't want to do online dating. Number nine. Don't settle or your standards are too high. (sighs) This feels like a hamster wheel. Whether you're young or old, if you've been single for a while, you're wondering, how do I guard my heart from having low standards without building up a wall around my heart? We are hearing so many different things that conflict with each other. Make a list of the things you desire in a mate or throw away that list. This is why I believe the Holy Spirit has to be our guide and our compass on how to have standards and not settle for any potential thing so that we are not withered by the material and that that, that's placed before us, maybe books or maybe advice. You know, there are so many different things that like work for people. You know, I know some people, you know, they make their list and they specified and wow, everything they put on their list, God did. Wow, wow, wow. Then you have the people like they made a list and God did the very opposite and it was all that they needed. They thought that they didn't even know. So again, the Holy Spirit is the driver not relationship advisors. They are helpful, but we cannot put like our stake into these things because they spin us on hamster wheels and we don't know what to do. And it's confusing and we just stop and halt. We give people more chances that shouldn't have chances. And then we give people that should have chances less chances because do I make a list or do I not? It's too much. Last but not least, (laughs) so this one is from Instagram and it's from singer Ish and she named a thing for singles that, that we're tired of hearing. And I thought it was so good that I swapped out my last point for her. So singer Ish, Isha, thank you so much because this is number 10. 
So you really doing this purity thing, huh? And (laughs) I'm going to bring this question down to, so you're really doing this not having sex thing, huh? This can seem impossible to the unchurched and also to those professing Christianity to abstain from because there are a lot of Christian women and men that just don't feel like it's a sin um, or they just feel like it's just not something that they can abstain from. We feel like no one really wants to wait or is really waiting. But yes, yes, this is a real decision. And regardless if you've had sex before or not, Christians are out here living a sex-free life and they have not lost their minds, okay? Choosing to not have a sexually active life as a single and even a Christian, yes, it can slow down the candidates. I want to almost say it does slow down the candidates, but this is a part of offering. It's, It's an obedience thing in that we've said, okay, God is Lord of our lives and trust me, It is a sacrifice. There are not many of us who are not having sex that don't want to be having sex. It's a good thing. I mean, God says it's good. He created it. There's all these great things to look forward to and to do and to try. We want to do it. But we're also like on this journey and process of being reconciled back to Christ. And so that question, I mean, I have been like damned before for wanting to make that decision. And at the time, not having any, any experience like with, with sex is like, you are missing out. You are in your twenties and you are missing out on the prime of your life. And all I can say to that was, I hope that I'm not, (laughs) I hope that because I'm not out here consistently living my best sex life that I'm not missing out. And I just believe that God is faithful. And when that time comes of marriage and being able to guilt-free, shame-free, sin-free, it's going to be good. But we're tired of hearing that question. We're tired of being asked about something personal, which is our sex life. Okay? So I had so many more, but I told myself I was going to stop at 10 So if you're listening and you find yourself asking your single friends these questions, please consider, just reconsider your approach. Like, I'm not telling you to get scared and feel like you got to be sensitive around us. No, we're strong. We've dealt with a lot. We hear a lot. We take a lot. We're strong. Our chests are strong. (laughs) But just to reconsider that you are not the only person asking this question and we're getting it a lot. A lot of times from strangers. It's crazy. So we're drained. We're tired. We're tired of explaining or having the words to just articulate our lives. And so just having conversations with your single friends when it comes to this part of their single life. How can I just ask you differently or check in with you differently or sometimes just wait for them to talk about it? You know, or when the time permits, just, hey, like, am I asking you too much? Just because sometimes we're like ready to talk about it and then something happened and we're just, I can't take, I can't talk about this today or it's going to be a a, a breakdown. (laughs) You may not be ready for these ugly tears. So um, that is 10 things singles are tired of. 
So we just wrapped up episode 11. I hope that you've enjoyed that. Go to my Instagram page, Tiffany Hines Music, and you can comment on this post and what are some other things that you are tired of hearing about as a single person. I would love to connect and this growing community of the Awkward Single Life podcast. If you have not subscribed, if you have not shared this podcast with two, three, four, ten single friends, what are you waiting on? If you have any feedback, um, I love to learn. You can send me an email to awkwardsinglelife at gmail.com or you can direct message me on Instagram at Tiffany Hines Music. There you'll find Awkward Single Life Instagram as well. And you can connect as well on my on my website at tiffanyhinesmusic.com. Thank you so much and see you soon.